1: Two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up on this football Friday, we are gonna look back on whatever the hell that was on Thursday night football between the Colts and the Broncos. Lots to discuss, a lot of criticism to be handed out on the Denver side and the Indianapolis side. We'll get into all that here. We're also gonna have another edition of In Case You Missed It. We've got our picks against the spread and an update on the over-unders. Jerry Ferrara, actor, podcast host, former Fox Sports Radio host is Going to stop by. Plus, it's the usual shenanigans. It's all yours. Coming up next here on a Football Friday two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio. Now,
0: let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio two pros and a cup of
1: Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. You can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of affiliates all across the country and wherever the hell you are making us a part of your Friday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, and we do it all live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there in unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers tirerack.com the way tire buying should be.
2: Tirerack.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh my god. Come
1: on, man. Let's what? go. Sticks. Tire. Tire, yeah. tire iron. You got to rack it up. Oh jeez. All right.
2: Oh, you got to rack it up.
1: So I'm going to ask the uh, the uh, question. Uh what the hell was that last night? <laughs> 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 Oh,
3: I'm at a loss of words, man.
1: Like, I, I, I don't
3: know how you guys viewed that or saw that. I mean, first off, uh, I hope Naheem Hines is okay. That was kind of scary to see how, you know, he reacted to the head injury. Um, a couple of the players with some serious injuries getting carted off. But the, I, I'm not sure what's worse. I, I don't know if it's the Colts offense and how often Matt Ryan gets sacked and some of you know, his, his interceptions, which I, I don't think in either case he, could, he saw Caden Stearns. Um, it looked like it was one of those deals as a quarterback. You see a pick on tape and you go, yeah, there's no way he saw that guy because it looks apparent to probably everyone else. Like, how did not see that guy? And you're like, it, it, he pr- there was guys in front of him. His vision's blocked. He wouldn't have thrown that ball if he saw that guy, obviously. But Russ and the Denver offense, this, I'm starting to think this could be a one-and-done. Not not necessarily for him because he's paid and they've invested in him and he's showcased the ability to succeed, but maybe for Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, it looks bad. And you've got a new ownership that, remember, took over after Nathaniel Hackett was hired. If I'm the Walton family and I've heard that they want to be very involved, I would start taking a microscope over some things right now because I'm getting more of the sense that this was a hire – when you're a general manager, you hire a guy that you can control. So if you need to, you can dismiss, or, you know, this thing can go the way you want. I get the sense that this thing could end up being where it's a one and done for Nathaniel Hackett.
2: Whew. And you're probably right because they're, if, if their trajectory is based off of what they're doing right now, then, largely in part, you're going to not have a successful season. I think this still is is falling on more on Russell Wilson, and you know Nathaniel Hackett didn't throw that interception to at the end of the game, you know, and and it was a, I don't know, it was, was it a good play call? I don't know. They they moved the ball, um, they couldn't finish drives. It, 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 I'll say this. I bet you Pete Carroll was, if he was even remotely interested in seeing if Russell Wilson could be Russell Wilson outside of Seattle, if he was watching, he was sitting somewhere chuckling to himself, like, all these years I tried to tell y'all we needed to hide Russ in the running game and play defense. And now you're figuring out why. It's like, okay, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. Russ puts up great stats in in Seattle. Russ was doing a lot of great things in Seattle, but Russ was also doing it under the watchful eye and the understanding of what Pete Carroll had put together and had built in Seattle. And I think think, uh, we're starting to see that play out. Think about for a second, too, how many
3: OCs they went through. Yes, sir. I mean, a- after the Super Bowl, you know, Daryl Bevel, they move on from him. Then it was Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah. Yeah. Then it would, now, now it's Shane Waldron. And that was only for a year last year in his first year. But it, they went through a number of play callers. And, you know, every, and in every single one of those instances, I mean, look, they had success. I mean, we we could say whatever we want about how this looks now. They never had a losing season in Seattle with Pete and Russ until last year. And if he plays the entire season, doesn't have the hand injury, they're probably not having a losing season last year. You know, I, I, I think this is a number of things. Like clearly, there's a lack of comfort and chemistry with some of the guys he's throwing to. I mean, you talked about the interception at the end of um, regulation, yeah. right? Really, when they're down there, they're they're in they're in position to kick a field goal. If he doesn't throw that pick, I mean, it's an entirely different story of probably how that game ends. But you go down to the very last play, that decision. The crazy thing about it is this: It was the exact same two-man concept that they ran back during the New England reverse, the New England Patriots on the goal line. Mm. It was the same concept. The slot receiver releases on a widened fade, and he helps create traffic or a quote- unquote, pick for the outside receiver who runs a little one-step dart that comes underneath. That dart was ran by Ricardo Lockett in the Super Bowl. That's where he went to. Malcolm Butler picked it off. You go back and watch this. It's K.J. Hamler this time. And, and the, the, the mistake he made was he didn't look to that side. And I don't know why he didn't, because it's a man-to-man beater. K.J. Hamler was wide open. The only thing I can think of is he wanted to work to Cortland Sutton because he's got better chemistry or more trust in Corlin Sutton. But the problem was he was running a route that was never going to be open. That DB jumped inside and he wasn't going to give up that inside leverage and you were working against a free defender in the middle of the field anyway. So it's, you know, it's, either, it's either a lack of understanding of the offense, they're trying to execute what they're doing, which, which is bothersome still. He's played enough football, he should know better. Or it's just he doesn't have any, any faith and confidence in anyone other than Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, which is a shame because K.J. Hamler's a game changer. And so far, he hasn't gotten enough uh, targets and, and burn time, in my opinion.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Do you think he's still got some PTSD from throwing that pick? And maybe he's like, I'm not Probably. going over there. I'm not, I'll am not. i stay away from the right side. I'll take my chances against a former defensive player of the year and, uh, and well, have it get batted down.
3: Can, can I ask this? Did, did anyone think in the head, like, just take the field goal, take the time, get, get out of here with it?
1: I, I thought that... I thought that would have been the choice had they not gotten so much heat for their decision-making in week one. And listen, we talked about it after that game. It's one thing if you make your coaching debut and your quarterback debut with a team and it's underwhelming, but it's mixed in with like seven, eight, one Eastern time kickoff games, and it's like, all right, don't worry, we'll get back on track. They were the laughing stock of the league from the jump. So to your point on – this potentially being a one-on-one and done, think about how many disastrous performances they've had to where now you've got not only an underwhelming start to the season, but it's also playing out and you're being embarrassed and you're being mocked by other people around the league based on the performance. Like, that was one of the worst football games we've ever seen, and they were a willing participant through and through and kept making it worse and worse. I, I just... I thought for sure they were going to go for it on fourth down just because I don't think they wanted to deal with the pushback. And and I think Nathaniel Hackett was like, all right, let's, let's take a run at this and let's not deal with some of the criticism and some of the heat we got the first week.
2: Well, look at how that worked out. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's, like, dude, it's like you're juggling with knives. I mean, like I, I mean, it's just mm. what, what, are you, what are you expecting to happen? Um, <laughs> a,
2: it, a knife with with no handle, yeah. just all sharp. <laughs> <It's> just like, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I ain't never seen a knife that that's that's sharp all the way through. But dude, you juggling a knife that's all the way sharp, no handle. <laughs> it's
3: so bad, man. On, on the plus side of things, the defense looked great. I mean, they did. I, I really they, both sides. Like, I think the Colts should feel good about their defense too,
1: right? I mean. No,
2: I mean? wanted to say it but I know you guys love offense and the world loves offense and, and ugly games are defensive games and boring games are defensive games. I thought I thought the the pass rush for Denver obviously was I mean Nick Chubb and all not Nick Chubb but uh Bradschild yeah, Bradley Chubb. I thought the pass rush was was on point. They were dialed in. Then on the other side of the ball, I, I thought that that the Colts, you know, did did an excellent job of obviously maintaining and keeping things to a minimum with field goals being the only the only finishing parts of the drive. But but I but I did start to think after a while, like, is it because these defenses are playing so well or is it that these offenses are playing so poorly?
3: It, I, 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 look, I, I did
2: come to that conclusion. I was debating with myself.
3: <laughs> you know, if you, if, I mean, if you think about it, Jerry Judy in one of those red zone possessions, he the ball literally hits his upfield like chest shoulder. He could have caught that early in the game for a touchdown. Like I, I think the odd thing was is, and one of the things about Jerry Judy that's interesting is the guy is oozes with talent. He he really does. One of the things though, I feel like he lacks his just overall awareness for like where he's at on the field or like in zone coverage. Sometimes he won't have an awareness of like, hey, you need to throttle down through that window, help out the quarterback, and instead he'll run through the window and, and the ball will look like it's behind. It's really like, yeah, it wasn't behind. It was just where the ball needed to be to complete it. And the receiver ran by it almost like he he thought it was working against man to man. That was an instance where I thought he like ran so fast upfield, you're working against a backer. You've already won. If you're running down the field, up the seam or up the middle of the field, like on a shoot route, you've already won if you're one-on-one with a backer. You just have to get that dude to turn his head. And then as soon as you get to the end zone, look for the football, and Russell's going to back shoulder you, or he's going to put in a spot where you can get it. And, and in that instance, like, it looked like he was almost going to run out of the back of the end zone. The Andrew Beck one earlier, that was a drop. That would have been a touchdown, yeah. or I should say earlier, later later in the game. Um, th- there, was a, there was a couple instances where, like, it, I think if both those plays happen, we're not having this conversation about the Broncos and Russell and their struggles offensively or in the red zone in particular because they've literally been the worst team in the red zone this season. Uh, the ground game wasn't that bad. Um, Russell took off too, used his legs more. I mean – it was just a lack of just making some plays. He missed some throws. It was a combination of things with sacks and the turnovers. But, man, I, good defense, but it looked ugly offensively too.
1: And Nathaniel Hackett, uh, the head coach of the Broncos, he gave his evaluation on Russell Wilson after last night.
4: I think I'm going to have to evaluate it and look at it and, and see where he is. Want to always try to get him into a rhythm. Didn't feel like uh, we were able to get him in that and uh, need to do a better job. Starts with me. Again, there were a couple opportunities. I think we had a, a couple drops again, a couple penalties. You know, we keep continually hurting ourselves because the uh, performance by the defense was spectacular.
1: Uh, so mm. there it is. That's uh, you know does, that doesn't
4: uh, sound
2: positive that's, at
1: all. Uh, well, he's he was trying to keep it upbeat. You know, he's trying to trying to let everybody know that his quarterback is his quarterback. But hey, the defense was great. Vic Fangio's got to be looking somewhere, just uh, having a nice glass of wine, staring over just a big chicken parm, and just watching this going. And why's I was the big, problem. P-
2: but why has got to be a big chicken parm? What do you mean?
1: Vic what, his what, last name is Fangio? Yeah, come
2: on. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, uh, I mean, look, I, I'm right there with him. What do you I'm mean? I don't know, man. Hey, by I the way,
1: uh,
2: I'm glad Burr. If you would have said uh, I, LeVar was sitting at home eating some fried chicken while he was <laughs> laughing with a gr- glass <laughs> of Kool-Aid. What,
1: what are you getting at? I do man. I, I'm just
2: <laughs> saying. I, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I am, am a black man. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lee. I don't know. What
1: were you getting at? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is, so I don't know. That is uh, Johnson. Uh, all right. By the way, uh, Johnson.
5: Berto pointed,
1: <laughs> Berto pointed something out. Uh, this yeah. is just a, a major error, a total disgrace. I would like to take full responsibility for this because we did not point out at the start of the show what today was. Absolutely, oh yeah, awful. man. Oh, this, this was a Melvin I don't, Gordon moment uh, on on I, behalf I don't, of me.
3: I don't know if
2: we really should after last night's game. I mean, come
1: on.
3: I
2: think that that's what it was. It made you feel so, so dirty. Bad.
1: Yeah, but you know what? No. We should cleanse ourselves.
2: Come on.
3: We should wait till like, another topic.
1: You don't want to cleanse yourself a little bit? Just a no. little bit. No.
3: Jonas, really, you really want to do know? This, all right, no. Wait, what? Jonas like makes you do
1: this. just no. wait till another. No, 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 no. We can shower later. That's fine. We'll shower later. We'll clean ten ourselves sacks over yeah. in the red zone. Fifteen yeah.
3: penalties. <laughs> four mm. interceptions. Mm. That's that's an
1: awful performance. Hey, by the mm. way, you know you it's know the best part about all that. Your home two fan... dudes carted off the field. It, a concussion. It, your home fans were like, uh, you know what? We don't even want to stick around for overtime. We're gonna go ahead and beat traffic. Uh, you saw about... that? <laughs> they were so, uh, exodus. They were. So
2: upset when Rush <laughs> through that that interception, they was like, "Forget this, I'm out of here, man!" Yeah. Like this is crazy. It's. Uh, they, did you see how many fans? Had there? Like, by the there. way, like, <laughs> by the way, that's not a
3: fickle fan. I mean, they're not a fickle fan base. That's one of the more they're passionate, loyal, man. Kind, loyal fan bases. I mean, hell, they watched Tebow play. I mean, they got Aww. through those bad offense performances. <saying>.
1: Yeah, let's ride. All right, it you know, is I'm two pros. I'm a great pros. football player. Yeah. You know,
0: I know I've been great. I know I will be great. Yeah, And well, I'll continue to be great. When's that uh. going to start?
1: Uh, all right, it is two pros and a cup of joe here. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by NHTSA. Uh. Any first responder will tell you never try to beat a train. After braking, it can take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop because trains can't. So we're going to have the usuals coming up uh, later on. We're going to have another edition of In Case You Missed It. We're going to have some picks against the spread as well, too. We're also going to mention what today actually is. we got Jerry Ferrara. Joining us in hour three uh, actor, a big time sports fan. He's got a lot of things going on in the sports world and the sports betting world we're going to get into. So it's going to be a a fun three hour ride here, uh, unlike what we saw last night in Denver between the Colts and the Broncos. Coming up next, though, we are going to get into how there's a differing of opinions. All right. This is the same locker room, but they've got different opinions about a game coming up this weekend. And it's yours right here on FSR. tirerack.com slash sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be yeah throw those up no I mean yep two pros at a cup of joe fox sports radio lavar arrington brady quinn jonas knox with you here you can hang out with us as always on the iHeartRadio app coming up uh, a little over 20 minutes from now uh, there's been a lot of speculation a lot of questions about a major story in the world of sports we finally got some answers and it is oh uh, yeah it's not pretty yeah okay yeah. <laughs> it's uh not a good look on uh, a, a lot of a lot of the uh, the people involved uh, you know not a good look overall for anybody so we will get into that a little over 20 minutes from now here on FSR as we come to you live from the tirerack.com studios uh, by the way um, i don't know if you guys knew this or not but i was looking at the calendar and i was uh, kind of checking through like you know going through all right so monday we got into some football you know there was tuesday we got into some football wednesday we got into some football Thursday, we got into some football, but it always felt different because today's a football Friday.
5: yeah. Friday, yeah. Friday. Friday. yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Twenty-five
2: football minutes late. Football Friday. Yeah. Russ ain't Friday. playing. Ryan ain't playing. Oh yeah. 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 Football. Yeah. 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 sucked Yesterday.
1: Big football time. Football Friday. Damn football Friday. Sorry. It's a new day. It is. Steve, we showered during the break, so we we're ready to go uh, to go ahead and uh, and and That's continue right. on here. Uh, all right, so the uh, let's ride. By the way, I love how R- Rod-
3: Roberto literally could be happier right now. I oh, mean, the Broncos lost to Las Vegas last week, and then they lose again this week. He's just watching these L's pile up. And how about how about Indianapolis? Two and over versus the AFC West, the vaunted AFC West.
1: You know what's great about Indianapolis? There, there's Whoa. nothing they should the be fish pr- cocktail or there, the j- shrimp cocktail. No, I mean? there's nothing they should be proud of about last night. But they won, and it completely changes the conversation. Matt Ryan looks completely lost. <laughs> he well, <looks> lost.
3: <laughs> can, can I say this? Like everyone's playing this like type of shell coverage on defense, and it's all like if you look at the rushing averages, teams are averaging over four yards a pop. I mean they are like some in some games they're averaging like five yards a rush, five yards an attempt. Mm-hmm. There's others there's there, where there's, it's not quite the case. But they're really forcing offenses to kind of dink and dunk, take what they give you, or try to take a shot downfield, but most of these offensive lines can't hold up. Even versus a four-man rush, or like the different ways they're going to get pressure. And and it's it's just it's funny watching this. Week after week after week, and people are like, "Man, is the offense that bad?" It's like, not really. It's just a lot of these offenses don't have the ability to protect their quarterback or a quarterback who can buy time to allow guys to get open downfield. It's just it, it's like where we're at now. Like we we have these trends where the offense dominates and the defense looks like they need help, and we need to create rules to help them out, and then the defense adjusts. And I, I think I think we're to that point now especially this season if you look at how many unders have hit how much more low scoring games have been and we saw it last year a little bit too scoring was down over the, like over the previous 3 years and and i think defenses are starting to adjust from some of the stuff we've
2: seen offensively yeah so great it's a, that's a great perspective and i i mean defenses always are are forced to adjust to the adjustments of trying to make it a more offensive game. I mean, that's, that's the reality and that's the mentality and the mindset of, of a defender and, and defensive coordinators. You know, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it makes me start thinking back to – you know, the pistol sets and the Wildcat sets and the RPOs and, and stuff like that. And people are still running RPO style offenses and stuff like that, Wildcat offenses. But I remember, people, you know, I remember I had a, a big debate with with Marshall Falk about the wildcat. And he was like, "Oh, the wildcat is the wave of the future. This is going to be here forever. It's unstoppable it It creates this dilemma da da da." And I was like, "No, nah, they'll stop it in in a year or two it it'll happen It'll happen pretty soon because that's what happens once you and and there's the old saying that that to me still applies. it's a copycat league. So if somebody is able to start running something that is having uh, a, an amount of success that looks sustainable, everybody's going to start trying to adopt their own version of what it is that's working. And and for what it's worth, you start to see defenses adjust. You start to see them really really kind of calibrate to what it is that's taking place so now it's going to be that next iteration of what offensive wrinkles or schemes are are going to work in order to be able to force defenses to have to figure out that next you know how do we adjust to this i don't know what it's called i don't is it is it still some aspect of an rpo is it is it well, some aspect of a wildcat you know what you, is you that? could you could make the
3: change to where it's at in college and allow offensive linemen to be 3 yards downfield but i personally feel like that'd be like cheating it is cheating because you don't give the <sighs> I mean, defense a true a, a true read exactly like and, yeah. and and i think it puts too much pressure on the officials but that would for sure level the playing field because you see it in college and there's some bad offensive performances but they're, they're also younger players and they're going to be a little more inconsistent and you see you, you know some offenses don't have a bryce young a cj stroud and all this talent a wide receiver but when you see a team run the rpos effectively and once you get in the red zone like short yardage or goal line situations that's a wrap man because th- those defenses can get exposed but in the NFL, they're only allowed one yard downfield, so there's, you can't really do quite as much with them. Whereas in college, like, they can read like two guys because it takes so long for the lineman to get downfield that you can actually throw the ball downfield, which is very different than the NFL. I mean, that ball has to come out quick
2: if you're going to run it go. There you go, and that's the key. And you know it's crazy? I teach that in high school. If, if the offensive linemen do anything but go backwards – anything but backwards that ball either has to come out right now or it's a run I teach that right now like recognition of of what an offensive line is going to do so if an offensive line can actually run downfield <laughs> and you still can throw the ball yeah I mean that, that and I would assume that that's going to be a lot of screens that's that's going to be a lot of like under crossing routes or different things like that. Maybe rollouts, depending on how athletic your your quarterback is. But it now has to turn into eleven man football. If if you start getting into that that realm, then I, I wonder what does that mean for the description of the traditional pocket passing quarterback. Because I think that you got to call that into question if you're moving the lineman in a way where you're not protecting the quarterback as such in in a traditional pocket. That quarterback has to move or that ball has to come out. It has to create enough space for that ball to come out. It's got to come out quick. So it, 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 it would be interesting to see if defenses have truly calibrated and adjusted to where offenses are now. What is that that offensive wrinkle? What is that scheme formation-wise, whatever it may be? What is it that opens opens up the offensive floodgates, so to speak, again?
1: It's two pros and a cup of joe here on FSR. We're going to have another edition of In Case You Missed It with some uh, details that have emerged on a major sports story coming up in about 12 minutes from now. I do want to also apologize here uh, on our fine affiliate in the great state of Wisconsin. All right 10:70 a.m. 973 the game home of the great Steve Saban my guy Mike Heller great people all the way through and through. A, a home game, a Packers home game was stolen from you so they could go put it on display in London. All right. You've earned the opportunity to go to all these games, one of the great fan bases in all of sports, and a home game has been stolen from you. Now, Aaron Rodgers is really happy about going to London because London, he wants to have uh, a, a Guinness or whatever he wants to have locally. There are Boddington's, as he pointed out, uh, at some pub there and some brewery there. You've also got other members of the Packers that are not that thrilled with it Uh, you got razool douglas who is calling out the fact that he doesn't like traveling all the way over to london so all of that is the backdrop for aaron Rodgers also talking about another issue that he's got with the organization and what the status and the future is going to be and that's his young receiver core and how that could impact how long he wants to keep playing
5: my decision when it comes down to it will be obviously the physical part, the mental part, seeing where the team is at. Look at the defense. A lot of guys are signed for multiple years now. That seems to be intact for a while. We've got a good core on the offensive line. Some young guys, uh, obviously two great backs who are still under contract. There's some moving pieces, but, you know, that'll factor in for sure. But seeing the development of those guys, uh, you know, can't help but be a part of the decision. So no pressure,
1: right? Better play well. Well, it's one of the great quarterbacks of all time is walking away early, so no pressure at all. But just uh, that—that's sort of where the uh, the Green Bay Packers are at when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and his future. Brady Quinn, those guys better get figure it out and start catching footballs and getting open, or else he's going to retire.
4: You like that I mean, I
3: think late? you could—I think you could take it that way. I think you could also kind of take it more as he's just being open about kind of where they're at and if it makes sense for him to, you know, come back. I, I also think there's a certain degree of you know, wanting to you know help bring these guys along, but knowing that it might not be him that's going to benefit from the growth. You know, it might be Jordan Love that ends up being the guy that steps into that spot, or, or someone other than Jordan Love that would step in that spot and benefit from you know Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. You know, their growth within that offense. So it's early. I mean, I'm not sure what to to make of that. I know there's been a lot of frustrations with the wide receiver group. But the funny thing is, is I mean, Devontae Adams chose to leave and everyone moaned and complained about not taking wide receivers in the draft in previous drafts, but you'd be going through the same thing. I mean, you'd be going through the same growing pains in previous years, even if that was the case that, and I think you might say, well, they would be better prepared now, or they'd be more mature now for that opportunity. But um, I mean, they drafted Amari Rogers, he was a great player during his time at Clemson. He has not been able to replace or supplant uh, Randall Cobb. And I think he's a similar type player given their skill set. You know, there's other young wide receivers that have been there that have come along, but Marquez Valdez Scanlon's not there anymore. They decided to let him go to the Kansas City Chiefs. How's that working out? He looks great there. You know, Alan Mozart's come on, who is one of the more dependable pieces. So they'll get there. I just think it'll take some time for them to mold into
2: what he's hoping they'll become. I just think Aaron Rodgers has mastered the art of being Aaron Rodgers, and as it applies in the media, because he can give you something that can be interpreted 360 degrees in a way, and 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 it can be as as broad and as vast as what your background presents to you, what your upcoming was, what your upbringing, what, what your educational level is. It's just kind of funny. If you're super intellectual, you can turn what he says into some super intellectually stimulated conversation. If you're not super intellectually conversating uh, or uh, stimulated that way, you can simplify his, his statements and its <laughs> com- his comments as simple as you want. It's something it can, for everybody, you know? There's some, the way he, The way he presents <laughs> what he wants to present to the media is, is it, it just runs the whole it's from spectrum to the, the whole spectrum
1: it's like a cheesecake factory menu it, it, Some for everybody it, right. right
2: or or like a diner like why yeah. does a diner have like how do you have so much inventory of food like <laughs> your, your your menu is like a, a book but it, the point is is i think he does so much so much i guess putting things in perspective that it it almost gives him plausible deniability or culpability for himself. Like, I, I, I really do. I think he really – and he's got so much goodwill built up because, well, he's a back-to-back MVP. It can't be me. It can't be me. So if there's something that's going on, then just believe – you need to be shining that spotlight somewhere else and trying to figure out what that is, but he does it without alien with really alienating anyone of true value on his team. Player wise. Now he He'll go at the head coach. He'll cryptically do things towards the head coach. He'll cryptically do things towards the front office people and the decision makers. But he really generally does not – you never ever see him really go at his teammates of value. So, So Aaron Rodgers has figured out how he wants to communicate, how he wants to present himself. He's fully comfortable and confident in how he does it. And you know what? At some point, you start to sit there and ask yourself, you know, is he right? You know, is is he right with what he's saying? And and you start to – that's the question that you find yourself asking versus are you trying to blame it on Aaron Rodgers or is there some type of something that you could pinpoint with Green Bay that is somewhat – connected to Aaron Rodgers like you could do that with Russell Wilson right now right like the easiest thing you could say is how many people did Russell Wilson tell on the sideline to say runner pass guys come on go tell the defense runner pass Go tell them runner pass, guys. Come go,
1: out of the way. Let's go do that. Did I didn't that hear go? many
2: runner. I didn't hear many runner passes. Last night. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the defense still
3: played pretty well. I'm just saying.
1: Uh, I wish. I wish. I wish Aaron Rodgers would just uh, you know share how he feels about whether or not the Packers will win by more than seven and a half points uh, on Sunday. That's all I'm That's all I'm
3: curious oh, about. By the way, that number's got hammered down.
1: Yeah, it and I think it's.
3: I think it's because they they anticipate Daniel Jones playing.
1: Yeah. Old uh, dump truck nuts. Brian Dayball has got something up his sleeve. Over maybe his that,
3: trucking. too. Yeah. May, maybe for, someone got a peek at, uh, at, at, at Dayballs, Dayball's. And they're, they're getting bigger over there across the pond. <laughs> Saquon
1: are. is playing
2: some ball. Boy.
3: Uh,
1: it is two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio from the tyrack.com studios. Coming up next, uh, we've got details that have emerged on one of the major sports stories over the past several weeks. We'll get into that for you here on FSR.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros in a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Errington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
5: Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me for the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety, so now I'm coming out with a new podcast. Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it. Give it words. Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: trust of 40 percent repeat customers they give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future it's a better way to invest because it's investing your way so change the game get started today with as little as a thousand dollars at gamebridge.io
5: hey guys this is matt jones drew franklin from the fade this podcast we got a great episode coming up picks in all the sports football basketball we do them all but here's a preview of this week's episode Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon and the dude today. Creighton's never gonna win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
1: Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LaVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, top of next hour here from the TireRack.com studios. We've got some brutal honesty in the NFL as if we haven't been honest so far. We've got more of it coming up and it's yours here again a uh, little over 10 minutes from now on FSR. Before we get to another edition of In Case You Missed It, I want to let you know we are brought to you by NHTSA. Any first responder will tell you, never try to beat a train. After breaking, it can take a mile for a train to completely stop. So when you come to a rail crossing, stop because trains can't.
0: Sometimes you can't get to everything in the world of sports or entertainment. Good thing the guys are here to bring you, in case you missed it. And for that, we
1: turn it over to our executive producer, Lead Lap. The lap. Jeez,
4: fellas. <laughs> In case you uh, missed it, it we've talked nice. about it, uh, especially a few weeks ago, about uh, Celtics head coach Ime Udoka being, you know, suspended for the year. Well, <laughs> now now the woman uh, in the Celtics organization has reportedly been, uh, has been named a 34-year-old devout Mormon, married mother of three. Uh, she was actually the, tur- the team service manager. She got the job uh, in part because of her friendship with Danny Ainge. So she has been named. Yeah. Um,
1: so Deval- Who was she named by? Uh, the Daily Mail. Uh, there were some others. I think. Page oh, so a news source. Yeah. So there's okay, been. Okay. That, uh,
3: that's. Been that's some- kind of a sad thing, man.
1: Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Apparently she's uh, ashamed. Danny Ainge was really upset about the affair, reportedly. Uh, they've got people saying that she's oh, ashamed right. to show her face in public. Um, you know, obviously. By the
3: way, Lee, did you actually say her name? All I, all I heard was
2: that she, she was a Mormon mom of three. Yeah, yeah, he didn't say the name.
1: No, I was I, thinking uh, no, the I, I kept from I was,
4: saying the name. I
2: was thinking the same thing, you. Yeah.
1: yeah. I yeah, mean, her name's today. Name Do we want to say it or no? Do not say it. I don't care. Either way. You, you,
2: I know. You clearly don't. Yeah. Um,
3: I, I don't think it's right to. Okay. I'm surprised we're still talking about this. Yeah. I
1: mean, oh. it's. Uh, oh. Listen, I mean, uh, if it's true, I mean, the guy likes a challenge. So there's that. So that's the uh, situation with Ime Udoka. What the hell so, does that mean? Well, you know, Whoa. Mother Three, you know, Mormon, a lot going on there. That, uh, you know, That probably more that, to the story was... as well, too. Yeah, uh, okay. just saying. Yeah, I'm gonna
2: I mean, keep my fingerprints off. This.
1: All right.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm, I'm gonna let Jonas go ahead and handle us Go Listen, ahead, Jonas. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well,
3: what
4: else we got, Lee? Yeah. What, what else, Lee? Bell is another story we touched on a while ago. Former running back Le'Veon Bell, he's actually got a uh, an official fight coming up after uh, taking out Adrian Peterson. He's gonna be facing Uriah Hall. Yeah, Uriah Hall. Uriah. Uriah.
2: Yeah. Oh lord, uh, this, that's an exhibition.
4: Okay, for real. This is an official debut. Who? No, no oh What's the weight of Uriah Hall?
1: He fought at middleweight. He Never a heard a One eighty-five guy. Yeah, he's gonna be
3: way smaller than rights. Bell. Bell looks no. like he's about 215, 220.
1: Yeah, I think that he can get because he's pretty muscular. He can probably get up to to that weight or at least close to it. But Uriah, Uriah can. Yeah, Uriah Hall's a striker. Like he's that's his game and this could go really badly for bad Le'Veon boom. Bell bad, bad. <laughs> bad.
3: yeah but dude he might have 20 pounds on him are they, are they going to make him adhere to a
1: specific weight class I haven't seen the weight class I, and because that's the thing with Jake Paul Like I know
3: that he's under that undercard everyone always complains about the weight class because usually Jake Paul is fighting guys smaller than him yeah and so everyone's kind of complained about that. I feel like that's part of the niche with these: is they don't make these guys adhere to being in a, in a specific weight class, right?
1: Yeah, it's. But uh, this
2: is MMA. This is different, man.
3: No,
1: they're boxing. Well, they're boxing. Oh, oh, yeah, not, oh yeah.
2: okay, oh, okay. Well, then you're right. Yeah. Well, then you're right, Q. Yeah.
1: But, I mean, if it's like, MMA dude, he's not gonna rules. put on thirty
2: pounds, is he?
1: Uh, he's capable of it. He's pretty jacked, man. Like he's—I uh, I know, you know, I know—he's capable, but he's still doing thirty pounds
3: boxing above his natural weight. Like that's—I don't know.
1: I'll take your eye Yeah. Okay. I'll we'll go ahead and bet it. I give give me your credit card. Let me place a wager. If
2: it was UFC, different yeah. boxing. I don't know.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. Auto Parts